Hey, I'm not surprised, motherfuckers. <laughs> What's up, guys? Welcome to Quartet Sign Up Podcast today. I'm Josh Imanoff. He is the one and only Angel Ortega. A lot of stuff to talk about today. It is UC 264 fucking fight week, ladies and gentlemen. We are one day out from the trilogy fight. Dustin Poirier, Conor McGregor, number three. Uh, but we still got some more stuff to talk about. Along with that, we're going to go into some, some quick MMA news, NBA finals, and more. Before we get into that, though, I want to talk to you guys about Rogue Energy. Rogue Energy was founded in January of 2017 to be the best game drink in the world. Developed a premium sack of the form of a delicious energy and focus drink. It is designed to replace unhealthy canary drinks, coffee, even, tr- even traditional pre-workouts. Rogue Energy is sugar-free and is loaded with vitamins, antioxidants, and nootropics. They have designed for Rogue Energy for the emerging professional competitive gaming market and continues to have fantastic carryover and success. Students, athletes, entrepreneurs, and anyone looking to optimize their mental or physical performance. If you want 10% off your order, use the code SOUNDOFF at checkout. This code SOUNDOFF at checkout for 10% of all your energy needs. Angel, my man, we made it. It is here. Uh, UFC 264 going down tomorrow night. T-Mobile Arena, Las Vegas, Nevada. Sold out crowd. Before we even get into the preview, man, I mean, I know you and I have spent a lot of time just in the lead to talk about a hype we are. We're one day out, man. Weigh-ins are literally about to happen right as we're speaking. What's your, what's your anticipation level, man? How are you feeling? Josh, I, I feel the dragon energy. <laughs> that, that's probably one of the greatest ways to put it right now, Josh. I feel it all. I, I told you, we talked about this privately a few months back, how I hadn't had, usually sometimes, uh, like a, a while back, uh, during like big fights, I get kind of like, you know, I get built up, I get a little antsy, like I, get, I get rolling, man, I was ready. I had this kind of, uh, you know, like uh, the, the the week before the fight, I'm like, oh, fuck, man, I, I'm, or the day of the fight or the week or the week in leading into that fight, I was ready, man. I, 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 and I was telling you, dude, I haven't had that feeling in forever, dude. I haven't had it with anything in, in a while, at least. I, I, I was trying to think back to the last time, and maybe Stipe Ngannou, uh, maybe, but even then, dude, I, I couldn't fucking remember, dude, and now... We're here, dude, in this entire fucking week, man. If you follow me on Twitter, if you follow me on Snapchat, mm-hmm. I, I've been putting shit out there, man. I've been letting the universe know, dude, I am I am fucking ready for this, dude. I mean, I'm incredibly excited. And, and not even just that, man, because there's more there's more to this fight, man. There's more to this fight because, you know, we get to hang out. You know, we haven't hung out in fucking forever. We had been discussing that a while back. Mm-hmm. And it's fucking time, dude. Now, now, now we get to finally hang out. We're we're, we're having a big tech, uh, get together, watching the fight together, and and obviously that's a that's a big portion of uh what we're doing as well. Yeah, of course, man. And obviously that's going to be a lot of fun. And just I'm so excited, man. I'm so hyped. We talked a lot about it in the lead of the last few months, ever since really the second fight happened. Uh, but now, dude, let, let's get into it. Third fight. I mean, we we really don't have to give much of a build up here, but we will anyway. Uh, obviously, Conor McGregor, the biggest star the sport has ever known. Nobody even comes close. Um, I mean, we're talking about a guy literally. I mean, I know he sold Irish 12 recently, so he literally might be worth close to a billion dollars. Um, he's definitely up there at this point. Um, obviously, his rise in MMA is unlike anything we ever saw. I mean, the two weight champion in Cage Wars and he, his massive prospect comes in. 
And he just dominates. I mean, he dominates the featherweight division, and he was only there in the UFC for under two years. And in that time, he solidified himself as possibly even the featherweight GOAT. Dominated Max Holloway, knocked out Dustin Poirier, knocked out Dennis Seaver, knocked out Chad Mendes, knocked out Jose Aldo, so on and so forth, right? That guy, Dustin Poirier, comes into the conversation later on. Uh, And obviously, he has his two fights with Nate, which were huge. Uh, He had the Floyd fight, and he took some time off. And finally, he re- he really returned to MMA active competition last year, uh, knocked out Cowboy Cerrone. And then in January of this year, it seems he had the rematch with Dustin Poirier. Obviously, it had been around five years since their last fight. Um, actually, I was wrong on that. It was seven years since their last fight. And since then, Dustin's matured a lot. You know, he moved up to lightweight as well, became the interim lightweight champion. I mean, he, he you know, solidified himself as one of the great lightweights on the planet. Conor went in as a huge favorite, got knocked out for the first time in his career. Here we are. Once again, the trilogy fight between these two, man. The talking is done. We obviously had the press conference yesterday, which was a, a fucking madhouse at the T-Mobile Arena. Um, you and I have been very ant- – we've anticipated this a lot, but now all that's left is the picks, man. Uh, Conor Rigger, Dustin Poirier, three. Who do you got? Man, dude, I almost wish we would have restored reverse, but it's okay, man. We're, we're here. It's time, right? We got to talk about it. <laughs> dude, there's there's a lot going on here. Uh, I've, I've discussed privately with some people that I know, and I think I might have brought it up to you at some point maybe last week when we were leading into this week regarding this fight and kind of how, you know, maybe depending on the outcome of this fight, maybe even win, lose, draw, whatever it may be, well, no, I wouldn't say there's a draw. I feel like Connor would fight again. But, uh, <laughs> you know, win or lose, I feel like Connor could retire after this fight. I could see it, especially if he loses. And after after yesterday's press conference, man, and seeing Connor back with the suit, throwing shit, talking shit, and, and, and looking at all the clips leading into this fight and everybody showing everything on, I, I'm not ready for the era to end, dude. I'm not ready for Mystic Mac to go, Josh. I'm picking Connor fucking McGregor. I want to oh see the God. adjustments made. I want to see the third round knockout. It was one. It was two. I'm predicting the third. Oh, my God. He's going third round for Connor McGregor. Okay, interesting. Interesting move there because historically, Connor McGregor, I want to say, I mean, I I don't know for sure because I'm, I'm a dumbass. I don't have everything in front of me. I want to say he's never gotten a third round finish. I don't think he ever has in his entire career. I'm on the top. Pa- I'm on the topology, so keep speaking. <laughs> it's been all number You're correct. one too. That, You're right. that exactly. So that would be a first, and he's historically a guy that gasses out, especially near the end of the second. Although he he has looked good in recent fights, I'll give him credit. Um, look, man, I, I went in to the last fight like I picked Connor last fight. I know we both did, and I was like kind of hesitant. I was like, Dustin's not the same guy, and on paper, like. It's hard for me to see how Connor wins this, but I picked him anyway. And then we saw him get knocked out. And it's like, one of the third one, man, it's like Dustin, he, he has all these great attributes, right? He is a cardio, he's not a cardio machine. He's not like one of the, he's not a Max Holloway type, but the dude does not gas either. Um, he has an, an amazing chin. I mean, he got knocked out once by Connor, and that was seven years ago. And then he got knocked out once by Michael Johnson, which is five years ago. Since then, we never even I mean he's not he's only been finished twice in a thirty four, you know, fight career. And it's just it's tough, man. Um he obviously worked in the leg kicks well. 
He his wrestling has improved a lot over the years. His jujitsu is still phenomenal. Um, like I said, it's hard for me to see how Connor gets a gun. Connor gets it done. But I'm going to go on Conor McGregor all the way, my man. The story doesn't end here. The show oh, goes on. We don't want oh. it to, man. We don't want it to. And, you know, uh, I know I cut you off a little bit there, yeah. man. But even the fighters are picking Conor because they know how much better it is having Conor around. They, they they even talked about that. I don't know if you saw any interviews, Josh. Right. But they, they were like, man, the sport's better when Conor's around. We get paid more. You know, our pay goes up. You know, it's 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 a fact of life. And that's another thing, too. And, and – uh, there's obviously a lot of external factors that we can bring up. I don't really bring those up a lot because at the end of the day, dude, we don't know how that affects everybody, right? It's such a uh, – it's an interesting thing to bring up, but, you know, I think you're on the same page with me regarding that where it's like, you know, let's say uh, does Dustin feel pressure now? Well, we're not Dustin. You can't tell you that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. We can talk about it, but even then talking about it, I feel like it's always a uh, – I don't know. It's, it's a weird thing for me to bring up. I don't know. How, do you feel the same way about it? I kind of want to get your opinion on that real quick while we're on there. Well, I mean, look, yeah, I mean, Connor being around is is better for everybody in terms of business because, I mean, especially for, I mean, just the easy example to use is, is the guy who's across the octagon from him. Dustin got paid. It's Dustin picked the payday with Connor over the title fight, um, which was honestly a smart decision. I mean, Dustin probably doesn't care about the title. I mean, he's already had the interim belt. I don't really think he really cares. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's near the end of his career anyway, so I'm sure he wants the payday. And I'm sure how that's how all the, all the other fighters feel because not only – are they going to get like the McGregor bump of being on the card and probably making more money? If they get a nice knockout win, damn, dude, you sh- you just made yourself a star on a Conor McGregor card. I mean, look what happened to just – I mean, Derek Lewis, I don't remember if uh, – you remember 229, knocked him out. My balls was hot. He legitimately got gained like a million or two followers like after that knockout. Like, And he's was put in a title fight right afterwards. For all these people on the card, they have such a, a big – like potential to earn so much more um obviously because of this and mm-hmm. i don't know man it's just it's just crazy um yeah that's generally my thoughts on it yeah and then you you highlighted that but uh regarding like people just talking about external factors like pressure crowds and stuff like that what's your opinion on that uh say that again like uh, just people's opinions on uh, – or let's say let's – okay, there's a crowd now. You know, the crowds are going to be against Dustin. That's going to affect him, you know. Uh, oh, yeah. It, stuff like that. What's your opinion on stuff like that when people bring stuff up like that, the mental and all that in a fight? I mean, like I say, I know it plays a factor, but it's really kind of a hard thing to to say I mean, or predict. You know what I mean? It's, look, I think some fighters do excel um, in the quiet – in the more quiet atmosphere. I mean, now granted, there were fans there last time, but it was 2000. I think no, nothing like compared to 20, maybe. nothing compared to 20,000, man, nothing compared to 20,000, especially 20,000 that are all going to be against him. I mean, he was getting booed at the, the presser yesterday. Um, I, if I, let me put the, put it like this. I think if this was Dustin Poirier from five years ago, I think it would rattle him. I truly believe that. I mean, this is a guy, he even admitted that, uh, Connor got in his head in the first fight and he really, you know, went after him and he got knocked down as a result and you could tell connor's trying really hard to get that mental edge back and it makes sense right um because in that first fight he 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 really got to dustin's head man i mean it, you can go back and watch some of the embeddeds i actually did this week connor like people talk about him getting an aldo's head or eddie's head i really i'm not i'm not sure about all that but man he was he should 
Dustin should have charged rent, bro. That's how bad it was. Like Dustin came out completely different style. He was he was angry. He was pissed off, unlike anything I've ever seen. And he got knocked out. Second fight, they were all friendly. They were all cool. But I think Dustin's matured a lot as a fighter and just like it's not weird, like as a human being to where it's like I really I think he's gonna be fine, man. I truly think he is. I think he's at the end of his road. I think he even said it after his last fight. He's like, I don't really like this anymore, you know. Um, I think he's at the end of his road, and I think he realized like, man. I really don't give a shit. I'm going to go in there. It doesn't matter if the fans are booing me or if they're cheering me. I'm going to go in there and do my job. And I think that uh, I think that's probably his mindset. I don't think the fans are going to influence it too much. I mean, who knows, man? Who knows? At the end of the day, I feel like, you know, him saying one thing could be one thing. I mean, he just got better at hiding it. You know, I'm not I'm not saying he is or isn't right. I'm not going to try to take away credit from him improving as a, as a person and individual. But uh, I think anybody will be somewhat phased. You know what I mean? You got to be. It's impossible not to be, I think, you know. And even knowing he won the last one and he won it in good fashion, there has to be something in the back of your head. Like when someone is acting a little different, when they're they're coming at you a little different, things aren't necessarily going the same. It's like, you know, damn, like I'm 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 winning all these fights, I'm, I'm getting all this stuff, but yet people are are doubting me. Like there has to be some sort of a uh, certain level of kind of like what is what am I doing wrong? Or is there anything I'm doing wrong? There can't be. I can't be. You know. Uh, I mean, hopefully there isn't, right? Because obviously you want the best version of everybody in there, right? You never anybody want in there with with some form of doubt on themselves. And I mean, we'll see. Did, did does Connor make the adjustments? Does does mm-hmm. Dustin use that second game plan we didn't know of, which probably the takedowns? I mean, we'll have to see, man. I mean, it's it's a lot of stuff that needs to be answered on that night. And uh, a big fight for both of these guys. I mean, if Connor wins, it's like he's back on top of the world in the MMA world. And if Dustin wins, he's you know, it's he finally gets the respect from everybody he probably truly deserves as the number one pound for pound lightweight in the world at this moment in time without the belt. Yeah, and and look, man, I mean, it's so interesting because you mentioned about how like if you know Connor win or lose, this could be his last fight. I think the same thing could be applied for Dustin. Um, I don't know, man. He's just he's he's had like a different like outlook I, I've noticed, especially during this fight week. Is it possible that like he could go on to fight for the belt? Yeah, absolutely. But I don't know, man. Dustin's just interesting on that on that aspect. I think that thing could be applied for both guys. Mm-hmm. That being said, though, man, I mean, I feel like it's really flying under the radar. We've never had this sort of situation for Connor where it's like, yeah, whenever he lost to Nate, it was bad. But at the same time, any any loss is bad. But he was still 145 champ. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, he can go back down. He would be fine. In the second Nate fight, same thing would apply. You could just go back down to 145. Would have been fine. Whenever he lost to Habib, not the end of the world. Habib's undefeated. You had the best showing anybody ever had against him. That's fine. You know what I mean? Um, and we never had a fight like this for Connor to where it's like, if he loses, this could be GG. I mean, we're, we're talking about like, not only like, not even just like, it could be the last fight, period. If he decides to fight on, we're never. It's the end of an era. We're watching the 2000s Mike Tyson version. You know what I mean? Like, we're watching a guy that we know is past his prime, and he's never going to reach that pinnacle again. So it's a very interesting crossroads situation for Connor, like we've never honestly seen. And that's why the fight's so interesting to me personally. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But Well, Josh, we got to talk about numbers, though, if we're going to be talking about Connor McGregor, Josh. What are, we, what are you thinking pay-per-view-wise? Pay-per-view-wise? Oh, man. Well, look, I mean— so it's funny that you brought this up because I was actually going to bring it up as well. So for pay-per-view-wise, I'm really big on like the business side of stuff. I don't know why, but I find pay-per-view numbers really interesting and shit like that. So 
obviously the top pay-per-views throughout UFC history, they're pretty much all Connor. Um, <laughs> What's the one, one that isn't? Isn't yeah, it like I mean, Tito or Chuck or some shit like that? You you asked what isn't. What is it? Yeah, what oh. is the one that isn't with Connor? Uh, Brock, UFC 100. Brock. What do you find? Yeah, it's like the top. The top five is um. Let me see if I can go off the top of my head. Uh, Connor versus Habib, number one, two point four million. Um, number two, McGregor Diaz, uh, one sixteen. It's like one thousand six hundred and fifty. Number three was UFC one hundred with Brock and Mir two. That would have sixteen hundred, and then tied for it was Poirier McGregor two with sixteen hundred. Uh, I guess it'd be one point six million. Um, and then number five is I think I think is UFC two oh five, but I, I'm not entirely sure. Anyways, though, um, I think this one's gonna break the record, hands down. It should. Um, look, it's not even that Dustin, because like Dustin, I think like in terms of star power, like of the of the Connor fights on the lower end of the spectrum in terms of star power. Like, am I crazy to say that? Nope, I I wouldn't disagree. I mean, Habib is this internationally loved guy you know a lot of people can relate to him because of obviously religious reasons and obviously uh russia's massive man there's russians everywhere dude <laughs> yeah uh diaz i mean diaz is the one guy who could lose win draw you know not show up and he'd probably still be loved you know what i mean although had a country behind him you know a nation yeah he was Floyd uh, we don't even need to talk about but it's like i'd put him in that that alvarez mendez poirier like the, like those three are probably like the three like lowest of the spectrum of Connor like pay-per-view opponents and yet they did 1.6 last time mm-hmm. and it's funny because like they did 1.6 for the opposite reason that I think they're going to go ahead and do it this time um like so they did they did 1.6 because nobody was doing anything and, the, and they had that fight in January and everything was still shut down this time around they're doing it in July they're gonna have a packed stadium it's the first real super big UFC card since I don't want to say COVID ended, but since they started, you know, vaccine rollout and all that shit, so I think it's gonna go ahead and do massive numbers for that reason. Shit, and it's the summer too, right? That people are out of school, right? Exactly. So, what are yeah. you thinking? I mean, I, I I thought the same thing, man. I'm like, it could break, if not, get damn, like get damn near close to breaking, and like be right up there with Habib. Uh, it's kind of my mindset. I mean, I think without a doubt, at least it breaks two million, right? It has to. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I'm, I'm going to go bold prediction right now. It's not going to break $3 million, but it's gonna. It's probably going to land 2.75 or it might get really close. Mm-hmm. I know, I could see it. Yeah, but as far as that goes, man, is there anything else you got left on the main event before we go ahead and move on? No, man, we highlighted it extremely well. I mean, we know all the factors going into it. We know everything that, that has been said has been repeated over and over again and, and mm-hmm. the changes that need to happen and everything that's occurred with it. I mean, we can't lay it out any better than anybody has, man. We know what we know everything we need to know and we've said everything we have to say fair enough man fair enough moving on co-main events this, this fight very pivotal not really in the welterweight division <laughs> neither one of these guys are going to tie the shot after this which i think is stupid i but i bitched enough about the colby situation uh gilbert burns former title challenger coming off his loss to kamaru usman in february of this year uh, taking on Stephen Wonderboy Thompson. Wonderboy, 38 years old, but has won two in a row against two young guns and Jeff Neal and Vincente Luque, and he's making that final championship push of his career. Uh, who do you got, man, in the co-main events of welterweight title hopefuls? You know, we talk a lot about interesting matchups on here and styles that make fights, man, or styles make fights. I mean, talk about two 
I mean, kind of looking back at the old days of martial arts, I mean, you know, people before MMA kind of blew up, you know, people would talk about karate and kung fu and all this. And then along, uh, you know, UFC, what happens and and the Gracies show up and, and you know, we, we learn about jujitsu as a, as a whole world and, and kind of it being such a major point in MMA. And I mean, we have it here, man, jujitsu versus karate, man. It's Gilbert Burns is a great jujitsu versus a Wonder Boys is a great, you know, point style fighting karate stance. Uh, man, dude, I mean, Gilbert has a tough one, man. Uh, Gilbert, Gilbert is still improving his striking. Um, it's definitely not there yet. I think he can find himself in danger with a guy who like Wonder Boy. Does Wonder Boy put him out? I don't think so. I think it'll be tough for him to put him out. I mean, uh, Wonder Boy just never had that kind of power, man. I mean, he, his kicks definitely could put Gilbert out. I, I don't know if Gilbert will get caught with a kick. And obviously, with the kicks, there's a lot of danger because that can lead into a takedown. And obviously, I feel like if Gilbert takes it to the ground at any point, I mean, it's probably given that, you know, we will probably have a, a Wonder Boy loss. I don't know if Wonder Boy will get submitted. I don't think it's out of the question, though. Uh, but yeah, I think the story of that fight uh, of that night is going to be: Can Wonder Boy uh, avoid the takedown, or avoid the takedown and making and preventing from the takedown leading to anything else outside of him just going down to the ground for a bit? Uh, because if if he struggles that whole night, he will have some troubles with it, and that I mean that will mean he'll def indefinitely will lose. Uh, you know, like like it's no secret, man. We know Gilbert's bread and butter should is going to be the ground, and that's where it's going to go. And we know that Wonder Boy is going to keep it on the feet because that's where he's going to win. Uh, but I'm going to pick Wonder Boy for this one. I think he'll be able to keep this distance, move, be mobile, be able to stay at the outside the entire time, avoid maybe most of the takedowns, be able to, to stop the attacks. I mean, the man has a great team behind him, great, great training partners, has a lot of great advice coming in at, at uh, from multiple people. And, I mean, who, you know, he, he has every resource to be, to be prepared for this fight. And same with Bill Burns, obviously. Both of them are coming in here very aware. But uh, it's hard to make it's hard to make uh, Wonder Boy, and it's hard to find anybody who can do it to the, to the style he has. I mean, the very few guys in, in the UFC or in any kind of any MMA promotion have been very successful mm-hmm. in the style in which he fights. And um, yeah, man, I'm, I think I'm I'm picking Wonder Boy. I feel pretty safe on that. Yeah, man, and I'm I'm actually a little bit surprised that you are uh, you know taking Wonder Boy because I know you've been very adamant on Gilbert Burns' potential as a potential future champion in this division. Don't get me wrong, um, he can do it. I think he could. You could put him out. He has the power. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, I am also going to take Wonderboy Thompson. I've been very adamant that Wonderboy might be the guy. Do you think Gilbert might be the guy to beat Kamaro? I've been I'm very adamant that uh, Wonderboy might be that guy. Um, even though he is older, he's still 38. But I feel like he's he's still improving, weirdly enough. I mean, this is a guy that like, got into MMA relatively later in his career. Like He debuted whenever he was 27. Um, so, I mean, this is a guy that... Yeah, I mean, he has had a couple losses here recently. He lost to Till. I thought he won that fight. Um, he also lost to Woodley back in 2017. I also thought he won that one as well. The only real clear loss in his book was the Pettis knockout. Um, and since then, he rattled off two wins. I got Wonder Boy in this one, man. Um, I think he's just going to outpoint him. I really think he's just significantly better as a striker. And I think, he's, I think especially in a three-rounder, I think if it was five rounds, I'd give Gilbert, Gilbert better of a chance because he has that t- time to catch him. Um, but in three rounds, man... Wonderboy has literally never lost a three-round fight, so I'm going to go ahead and go with him. Um, as far as moving down the card, big boys, swinging and banging. Uh, Tai Tuivasa, 
Uh, at one point, one of the more higher-rated prospects at the heavyweight division, uh, he came in to the UFC whenever he was uh, 24, and, you know, he got some really nice wins. You know, he beat Rashad Coulter, Sue Asker, Arlovsky, but then he routed off three losses in a row, man. JDS, Blagoy Ivanov, and Sergei Spivak. Uh, after that, it really looked like things were probably going downhill for him. I mean, he was facing being cut. Nonetheless, though, He's returned back in a row, two wins via knockout, Stephen Struve, Harry Hunsucker. And now he's taking on Greg Hardy, obviously Greg Hardy, um, a controversial figure, to put it lightly, in the MMA world. Obviously, he was he was really, really hyped, had his first professional fight on the Contender Series back in 2018. We've watched him have this kind of journey since then. And that journey has included, you know, some ups such as, you know, the Maurice Green win, the Juan Adams win, the Smolikov knockout. And some low points, uh, probably the lowest point being his last fight against Marching Tabora, getting knocked out in the second round, the first stoppage loss of his career. Uh, an incredibly weird ride for him to get here, but now he's on the main card of a Conor McGregor fight. Interesting fight, interesting matchup. Winner here probably gets a top 15 guy. Who do you got between Tui Vasa and Hardy? You know, interesting matchup, right? There's a lot of things going into this one that uh, they're a big factor, obviously, tied to also with ATT, Greg Hardy now focusing just with Rashad Evans, Rashad Evans working with him in a group of small guys, which is something that I found out recently within the last days. I mean, man, Ty Toy Bossa fights similar to a guy that we that we were that we really like back at, uh, when he was still in the UFC, Jorgen DeCastro. It's just that uh it Ty Toy Bossa is, you know, d- does his own little thing, a little different. Uh uh, but uh I mean, you can see that in that uh, Stephen Strew fight, he improved in his clinch game. I don't know if the wrestling will ever be used or if it's even a factor or if it will even be used in this fight at all. I'm assuming it'll just be a stand-up four, which in heavyweight means that that's maybe one or two rounds <laughs> for us. Uh, you know, Greg Hardy's an amazing athlete, man, and, you know, that's that's been spoken about a lot. Uh, you know, that uh, I think something someone said that who talked to Rashad privately, they were like, you know, Greg Hardy's an amazing athlete, man. Uh, I'm very happy to be working with him and, and to hopefully make him improve in his career, because obviously, man, the, the man has holes. He, he's he's trying to get better every day. He's committed to the sport, and you know, ever since he's been in MMA, man, something someone did make a good point. You know, obviously, he had a situation outside of the UFC when he was in football, but it's like ever since he's been in the, you know in the UFC and been doing MMA, have you heard of anything that he's done lately? Which which is was a good point, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, hope, hopefully, people change for the better. I I personally like watching Greg Hardy fight. Uh, I enjoy his interviews. I think he's an interesting guy. I think he's a fun guy. You know, obviously he had a situation that occurred. So you're uh, saying that you condone beating women, Angel? No, I never said that. I think you are <laughs> twisting what I'm saying, Josh. <laughs> Changing my narrative. I'm fucking good. I'm fucking with you good. Yeah, no, and and um, you know, I I think at this point in his career though, Taito Boss is kind of like on the better trajectory. He's kind of doing the right things. Uh. Don't get me wrong, though. It's heavyweights, man. Greg Hardy can come out here, put his lights out like nothing. But I think Ty has good hands, good speed, uh, great kicks. And uh, he'll be able to adjust. He'll definitely be able to be better to adjust to Greg Hardy rather than Greg Hardy being able to adjust to Ty. I think that's the one thing I'm thinking about really right now. I think Ty can make the in-fight adjustments quicker than Greg can. I think that will that's what will lead him to his victory. Uh, you know, they're, You know, I think... You know, at the time when this fight got announced, I thought the matchup was interesting, a little weird. I don't, I didn't think these guys were going to meet yet, and they're and as far as their careers. But now that it's May, now that I've looked into it a little bit more, I'm like, it actually kind of makes some sense. So I'm a little happy with the matchup now. Big one for Greg Hardy, obviously. He needs it after getting that, uh, having his first finish loss. 
and kind of to see where he's at. Because, I mean, if Greg Hardy comes out here and wins this fight, man, Greg Hardy's kind of back on the track that he was on. And it goes to show that going to Rashad Evans was a good choice. And obviously, we know Rashad. You know, we were aware of Rashad. Uh, as far as his coaching skills, I mean, I'm not sure how that's going to be yet. We'll see. I don't know if he'll be in his corner, how that's all working out. Hopefully, we do see Rashad Evans in the corner because he talked about a return this year. Maybe he'll, maybe we'll, we'll get a little interview there at some point. Maybe we'll sneak through when he's there during fight week. Or the fight night, I should say. But yeah, man, I think I'm going to pick Tai Tui uh, My big thing is just I think I'll be able to adjust better to Greg Hardy than Greg Hardy adjusted mm-hmm. to Tai. Yeah, I'm on the same wavelength. I'm I'm much more of a believer in Tai Tuivasa's MMA potential than I am with Greg. Like Greg, I think he's a top 15 guy. I feel pretty comfortable saying that. I think his like his record doesn't show that, and I also think that his, he's not being ranked also shows that. But look, I mean, that his last time out against Marching Tabora, I thought he looked pretty damn phenomenal. I mean, he didn't win the fight. Obviously, he got stopped in the second round, but look, he was lighting. Tabora up before that and obviously Tabora had to do a lot to survive and get to the second round where Hardy obviously gas because dude has asthma he's a heavyweight too so he's not going to have a good cardio but regardless I think he has potential to be a top 15 guy he just you know what man I, I still have I'm much more of a believer in Tuivasa Tuivasa is a lot younger I think he has I think he has a lot better cardio which I think is going to play a big deal in this um and he has a much better chin as well I'm going to go ahead and take Ty Tuivasa man but I still think, like I said, there's a high potential for Greg Hardy, especially to bowl the upset. At heavyweight, anything can happen. Moving down the card, the only ladies on the main card, uh, Irene Aldana, Yana Kunitskaya, a catch weight of 139.5 because Irene Aldana missed weight for the second time in her career. Last time she missed it was five years ago, half a pound. But this time, much worse, missed it by three and a half. Uh, taking on Yana Kunitskaya, Yana, man, very in- – I think we talked about it on the show before. A very interesting career. Um, she came into the UFC, obviously, as – I mean, let's say it, a sacrificial lamb for Cyborg. Um, that was a fight that had uh, Max Holly versus Brian Ortega as the main event. That fight fell out. They needed somebody on, I think, two or three weeks' notice. Ended up being Cyborg and Kunitskaya. Uh, she got murdered, as to be expected. Um but nonetheless, man, since then, I mean, it's just if somebody's supposed to be like, you know, cannon fodder for uh, fighting against Cyborg. She's really turning around, man. Four wins in her last five fights, only la- losses to Aspen Ladd, coming off a win over Ketlin Vera, um, which is a very good win. And now she's taking on Aldana, who at one point, I mean, it seemed like she was getting close to get potentially getting a title shot. However, then she ran into Holly Holm and Holm completely dominated her. But regardless of that, man, who do you got in this fight? Man, I've got back and forth on this one. I think this is the weird, like the hardest one out of the whole card, uh, or, or out of the whole main card, I should say. I don't know if you do you agree on me with that. Yeah, I'd say so because I think there's a clear favorite in pretty much all these fights. Not really outside of probably the main events. Main events fifty mm-hmm. fifty, but this one is too. Yeah, no, these the this one with the gals is, is is pretty difficult, and obviously with the weight miss, but obviously. Like I said, I, I we talked before the show. They they were aware that it was going to happen, so they were like, you know, something we're not the way in overweight anyway. So don't even try to like, you know, make yourself suffer trying to go down even more. Uh, I mean, I mean, obviously some big factors going into this. Obviously her weight miss, as well as the fact that she did have COVID at one point and she had a a, a tough time with COVID as well. And we know that as that all fighters that have had COVID have had a uh, a negative record coming back when you put them all together. I mean. Obviously, I imagine for her sake, she's obviously wanting that to change. She wants to make that change. Uh, this is a tough one, man. I I really don't know because you know I feel like at this point we kind of know Yana's game. We know she's gonna 
strike against the grapplers and against against the grapplers. She's going to try to take them down. And I know in that in Irina's last fight, she got taken down by Holly Holm at some point and got decently controlled at the ground at one point, if I remember right. And it's mm-hmm. weird because Irina has the best percentage as far as takedown defense in that division for uh, which is you know a fun fact if you didn't know that i'm curious to see what happens i'm curious if yana does anything with that maybe anything special i mean you know last time she got her ears boxed out by holly home but honestly look you know that 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 should have been to be expected you know holly home is obviously a very talented girl you know she you know i really try to fight a game that holly has done a lot longer than her and was a lot successful at it outside of mma and it wasn't a smart idea. I, I honestly think this is kind of a pick em fight, dude, in secret. I don't know. Um, I think it would go Irene. I think it would go Irene. I think she'll be able to keep it standing up. I, I think she'll her not forcing herself to deplete herself anymore will help her a little bit. Obviously, it sucks for her opponent and for herself because obviously because of the purse forfeit. And obviously, you know, everybody wants to be on an even level playing field and everybody wants to make weight. But sadly, that didn't happen. Mm-hmm. I think Irina will come out of here and have a, a good performance. Yeah, and, and look, I mean, like you said, it's a pick em fight. I'm going to go the other way. I'm going to pick Yannick Unitskaya. You mentioned how maybe Irene not draining herself down might be a good thing. I think it's probably actually the other way around. I think the fact that she had such a terrible weight cut is probably going to not be good for her. Uh, I am going to go ahead and take Yannick Unitskaya. I've been a big fan of how she's improved since she came into the UFC. Um, so, yeah, man, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and take Yana, man. But uh, like you said, it is pretty much fit, a 50-50 fight. Um, as far as the now this one upcoming one, easiest fight to pick on the card probably. Um, man, why you gotta be like that, man? I mean, <laughs> it's just, let's just be honest. Um, Sean O'Malley, Sugar Sean O'Malley, such a you know one of the more up and coming stars of the. I'm not sure if we can even call him up and coming at this point because he's been in UFC for like three or four years. But regardless, uh, Sean O'Malley. Um, I'm not sure how you'd classify him. A fighter in one, <laughs> a fighter. At 135, uh, taking on the debut in Chris Moutinho. Obviously, this was supposed to be Sean O'Malley, Luis Smolka. Luis Smolka was a former, what, top five guy, top ten guy at flyweight. Um, has moved up to bantamweight and has had mixed success, but was coming off a knockout win over Jose Alberto Quinones. Uh, Luis got a, I believe, it was staph infection, and then they got Moutinho on a bit over a week's notice. So, um, who do you got, man? <laughs> Man, Josh, you know, I'm going to pick everybody to shock the world. I'm picking Chris Moot. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I got Sean O'Malley, man. I mean, uh, you know, credit to the kid for coming up and, and getting his opportunity, and hopefully he's getting paid decently well for doing this, man. Uh, like anybody, man, if you got the call, I mean, you do it, right? Obviously, it's it's your time, you know, and any guy who's fighting, you know, this is this is the pinnacle of fighting, you know, being in the UFC, let alone a Connor card. How could you say no? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously we heard about other options, but then there was like fake options that never even really happened. You know, we don't got to get into all those details. Thing is, we're here now. This is what we have. Hopefully the kid comes out here and has a good performances. He's coming off two finished wins, uh, one in the second round, another in the third round. His last one was a triangle choke submission. Uh, and that was, uh, what is that? Two months ago now. Uh, mm-hmm. obviously, uh, you know, I saw him on the, uh, on on the embedded and he had a Mitch there, uh, Mitch from the Ultimate Fighter. Mm-hmm. Uh, which spoiler alert, if you haven't watched it, Mitch did get eliminated. So tough, tough. Very talented kid though. We're not gonna get into that now though. 
But yeah, man. Uh, yeah, no. He, he hopefully he comes out here and has a good performance, man. I, I, I hopefully he can come out here and earn some respect. If not, and if he gets the win, man. I mean, wouldn't that be amazing, Josh? I mean, uh, a week's notice comes out here, beats Sean O'Malley somehow, like that. That'd be some shit, wouldn't it? Yeah, I mean, it's not gonna happen, but <laughs> it would be a cool score, a cool story. Man, um, Josh, just wait till he fucking Emanari rolls his leg and gets him in a leg lock, and it's just he, over. Dude, I just look. This is, you know what the worst part of it was is whenever like. Sean's opponent fell out. I was like, oh damn, they're probably just gonna get some poor regional kid, man. Like instead of a fight I actually want to see, they're just gonna they're just gonna go get some regional dude. They didn't want to bring like, Ray Borg back, man. They didn't want to bring Ray Borg back from wherever the fuck he's fighting at now. Uh Abu Dhabi Warriors, I think, is the promotion Ray Borg. Oh, he's whatever they're yeah. UAE. Yeah, UAE. Mm. So look, man. Um, no offense to the kid. I, I mean I've I mean I went back and watched uh, some highlights of him in CFFC. Not bad. He's a pretty entertaining kid. Um, but look, at the end of the day, all four of his losses are via finish. This seems like a, a tailor-made fight for Sean O'Malley. Um, so I'm going to pick O'Malley probably via knockout, man. Uh, I'm still a believer in him. I think he should be fighting top 15 guys at this point in his career. But, you know, it is what it is. I mean, this is this is a pretty much, I don't want to say a gimme fight, but this is a fight where they've tried very, very hard to push Sean O'Malley and they've wanted to, they keep on putting him on like these big cards because they know how, you know, how much of a draw he can be. I mean, he was back in the day. I mean, he was supposed to fight on Connor versus Cowboy. I want to say, um, or maybe even was against Habib. He's supposed to be on the card of Habib's fight, I believe against Connor. And, uh, that just never happened, and they tried to push him hard, and I think that's why they're giving him this fight of kind of like kind of a layup in a way. It's where he should get the knockout, and it'd be a really cool story. But I am gonna go ahead and pick Sean O'Malley, man. I think he's gonna get it done. Yeah, yeah. But, I was gonna ask you, Josh, before we move on, because I know we're gonna yeah, move on. Here. You said he has a call out ready. Who is he gonna call out? Uh, I think it's gonna be Dominic Cruz. I think he's gonna call out Dom Cruz. I think if you look at yeah, the it was rankings, a hard fucking fight too. If you face that's. That. That's a tough fight, but I think if you look at the rank, I think Dominic Cruz is probably like one of the worst matchups he can call out. But I think if you look at the rankings, it's like I think it's going to be him or Cody because those are like the two biggest names that would earn like are like two biggest names that I could see him reasonably winning. Mm-hmm. Maybe maybe Marlon too because I I mean Marlon's already booked. Which actually. which Marlon? Marlon Marais or Mar- Marlon Judo Vera? Okay. Marais. I don't think he wants to fight Judo again. Not saying he's scared. I just don't think he sees a benefit. Not one either. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, we'll see what happens, man. I mean, look, I, I think Dom would be an interesting fight, and I think Garbrandt would be an interesting fight. I'm surprised they still didn't, you know, obviously after they both knocked out their opponents using 250, I'm surprised they didn't match those two up. But, you know, it is what it is. Um, As far as the undercard goes, though, oh, my Holy God. Shit. Holy shit. Where do we start? Holy shit. Top to bar- Angel, you want to do you want to do predictions for the whole card? Uh, we could do for most of the card. I'll say that. Well, let's you know let's let's do it for the ESP. These won't count. These will just be for fun. ESPN Plus prelims. You want to do it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm down. All right, yeah. Welterweight fight: Carlos Condit, Max Griffin, Max Griffin, Max Payne Griffin, the greatest nickname in MMA. Um, coming off of back-to-back wins. Um, obviously, he's been in the UFC for a while now. He's been in the UFC longer than you would expect. He's he's had a deceptively long run, five years, debuting against Colby Covington. 
Um, taking on Carlos Carlin, obviously Carlos has been, he's one of the OGs of the game, man. Former WEC champion, former UFC champion. At one point, he lost five in a row, and it looks like, honestly, his career was pretty much done in the books. Nonetheless, he ended up persevering, dude, after losing to Kiesa via uh, Kimura. That was the fifth loss in a row. Comes back, beats Court McGee, beats Matt Brown. Two wins that have, based off of their last performances, have aged nicely, dude. Um, who do you got between Max Griffin and uh, Carlos Condit? Oh, man. You know, at one point in time, you know, Max Griffin was kind of – you know, coming to UC, he had a nice little trajectory. Obviously, things didn't go exactly the way when he came in. He had tough fights. He beat some good people. Pete Mike Perry in Miami, heartbreaking. I think it was Miami. Beat him in Florida, I believe. Uh, Carlos Condon, man, longtime veteran. We don't need to get into all his accolades. We know who he is. The natural world killer, baby. You know the vibes. <laughs> uh, fun fight. I mean, they've been putting him in good, proper matchups for this point in his career. Can we say that? Yeah. After, after being put against some interesting, difficult to, you know, more harder fights like Robbie Lawler, Damian Maya, Neil Magny. That's all I want. I mean, I feel like he could have, you know, obviously he got submitted, but I don't think. I mean, he nearly won that one. I'm not sure you remember, but he nearly knocked out um, Oliveira. Yeah, so see, it wasn't even, you know, not about Michael Chiesa. Uh, and then obviously he got matched up against some guys who were the proper Matt, Court McGee, Matt Brown. They give him Max Griffin now, a little younger than him. You know, I, I think. He can come out here and have a good performance, man. He's in, he, he with with all the you know we saw him fight different in some of his last fights. He he's a very intelligent guy as far as fighting. He's a, he's changed his way of fighting to to accommodate for at this point in his career. And he's a little bit more grappling, man. I mean, he he was the guy who who was kind of a uh, you know get, get in front of you and let's let's bang it out, bro. Before you know he was that guy for a long time. He was that dude, you know. Before before Max Griffin did it, Carlos Condit had already been doing it, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now we're here, man, and and you know we're in the in the end of his career. And he just said he just resigned with the UFC. He just extended a contract, right? Isn't that what he just said? Yeah, correct. So I mean, he has to be coming into this thing a little, you know, excited, a little confident. He, you know, he's like, I'm back. I know I'm going to be here for X amount of more fights. We don't know if that's maybe two or three more fights. You know, we don't know how long his contract is. But man, I, I'm picking Condit, man. I think it can do it. Fair enough, man. I'm also gonna go and take Carlos Condit, man. I think the natural born killer. I think he's not. I think he's not done. Like honestly, I think the fact that they were throwing him just to the fucking wolves in some of those matchups is just so stupid. I mean, Condit at that point had one foot in, one foot out. I mean, he openly talked about how he was pretty much done. I mean, he he lodged his own coffee shop. He was setting up for life after MMA, dude. That's cool. Yeah, like the natural born brewer. I don't think that's what it's called. That's what I, I like that. Yeah. I like that. That's fucking good, Josh. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, man. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, they were just doing those stupid matchups. I mean, like, they were throwing, like, yeah, he, he got pretty much robbed against Robbie Lawler. Robbie Lawler won a fight where he legitimately only fought for two rounds. Um, I mean, he pretty much did nothing outside of the first and the fifth, second and fifth, actually. Um, anyways. And then he had the Maya fight and then the Magni one. and Just terrible matchups for a guy that was half in, half out. Now he seems to be fully back in it. I mean, somebody even asked me the question on fight week at the press. Like, are you are you fully invested? He's like, after this, I don't know. For this week, I'm ready to go in there and fucking throw down. And I'm like, God damn, dude. Carlos Condit is back, baby. He's he's good to go, man. I mean, he, he looked fired up. Um, I'm going to take Carlos Condit as well, man. And I will always love that man. Always. Um, regardless, one of my, one of my all-time favorite welterweights. Moving down the card, Eco Price, Michelle Pereira, man, two of the most entertaining guys in the UFC. Very little preview needed for this one. Who do you got? 
great matchmaking, right? I mean, two two extremely fun guys, and I mean, with the crowd, man, the energy that's going to be fed off. You know, I, last time uh, during Michelle's uh, performance, I talked about this. I'm like, the guy is talented. The guy has a good set of skills. The thing he lacks is his focus. He is very unfocused, and I'm not talking in the sense of Kevin uh, Kevin Holland unfocused. I'm talking in the sense of he tries to be too entertaining, unfocused. Like he'll he'll start throwing. You know, random spinning shit and get himself tired. He'll go for stuff that is completely unnecessary. He can have a decent mixture of fighting a proper style fight and throwing some of those fun, you know, more more fun moves and, and be an entertaining guy and be fun for the crowd. I mean, the guy's 27 years old. He's going to turn 28 this year. I mean, he should be undefeated in the UFC probably. I mean, he probably should have beat Tristan Conley, who Tristan Conley was fighting like two weight classes of. He, the illegal knee on Diego Sanchez which he should have won that fight. I mean, he really should be 4-0 in the UFC right now. Uh, but, yeah. No, actually, no. Scratch that. Should be 5-0 in the UFC right now because he has three wins, two losses. So, my bad. Uh, I just had to correct him, man. But, yeah, no. Oh, the, guy, yeah, the, the, the guy the guy, has a good style, man. If, if, he, if he fights properly and does everything the way he should, he's a, uh, he's a good guy. And I think... Against Nico Price, I mean, he has to. He's in a. After this, man, they might throw him at a ranked opponent, Josh. I mean, we could see that in Michelle Perez next fight. We could see him fighting, let's say, a Jeff Neal, just because Jeff Neal's on, I think, two losses or a loss. Yeah. I can't remember. But we could really see him in, a, in a, a fight against a guy who who has a number next to his name if he win if he comes out winning this because he's a marketable dude. He's a fun guy to watch, and if he gets a finish here against uh, Nico Price, uh. You know, he'll be right there for it, man. And, and, and the UFC loves pushing guys who, who are entertaining, who will put seats, uh, you know, put butts in seats. Uh, mm-hmm. Nico, I mean, and Nico Price, dude, he's a fun guy. Obviously, he has his own limitation and has had his own injuries. I mean, he's lost to, you know, he had the rematch with Vincente Luque, lost both of those. Uh, Dr. Savage won, well, the one who was going to finish. Jeff Neal lost in the second round. Uh, the only one that I'm sure he's kind of, you know, but it's a guy with, you know, granite in his hand, Abdul Razak Al Hassan, who in recent time hasn't looked very good. But you know, it, you know, it's it's understandable losses. But you know, as far as his wins, I mean, he has some nice mixture in there: Randy Brown, Tim Means, James Vick. I mean, there's those are all right guys. I mean, he doesn't have anything crazy outstanding. But uh, yeah, man, I, I'm gonna go with my boy Pereira for this one. Michelle Pereira, man, I I, mm-hmm. I think he's gonna do it. I think he's gonna come out and get and get a good win here. Yeah, man, I'm gonna go ahead and go uh, Nico Price. I've always been a big believer in this man. Not against, not anything against Michelle Pereira, like you said. Whenever he's on, he's actually serious, dude. Uh, he's great. He he has all like the amazing attributes. Like, um, he's huge for that weight class. He's very very fast. He has good grappling, good submissions. Uh, I'm gonna go Nico Price though, man. I think like. This is a guy who's focused, and I saw it during a couple of the interviews on Fight Week. Um, he's had nothing but time to train because he got suspended for the crime of marijuana, the oh, devil's lettuce. He was oh, on the yeah, chronic. He was on the Mary Jane, you know, um, the, poor, the the absolute savage, which we'll get into later about the Mary Jane and how terrible it is uh, <laughs> and other fights being overturned. But, yeah, man, um, so that's, he's had nothing but time off to train, so – you know, I'm going to take Nico Price, man. Um, but next up, we got Ryan Hall, Aliyah Tapuya. I'm not sure if that's how you pronounce his name. To, to, I will just call him Aliyah. Uh, Ryan Hall, obviously an amazing grappler. We've hiked up on the show for a long time. 36 now, but he is coming off of um, seven, eight wins in a row. 
some of those names, including Darren Elkins, BJ Penn, Gray Maynard, and the GOAT, Artem Lobov. Who do you got in this fight, man? Oh, man. Oh, dude, my boy Ryan Hall, Josh. I mean, he is... I got to pick my boy Ryan Hall, Josh. Had to. That's fair enough, man. I'm also going to take Ryan Hall. Aliyah, uh, he's a very good prospect. I want to say he's undefeated, but not, don't quote me on that. He's 10-0. Um, he's 10-0, so I was correct. Yeah, yeah. almost uh, very good prospect. 24 coming out of Germany. Very good kid. Um, El Matador, but I'm going to go ahead and take Ryan Hall, man. Last up, Trevin Giles, uh, Drike Deplias. Interesting fight, man. Two guys of middleweight, two young dudes. Who do you got? This one's interesting, dude. Uh, these guys are actually like extremely close as far as careers, as far as like kind of the trajectory. They're both on very similar in age, pretty much the same record, only one one fight difference and wins. Uh, a boy from South Africa. How do you pronounce it, Josh? Drikish? Is that how it is? Drikish? Yeah, that's how I pronounce it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, from what I heard, former champ in in his uh in his uh, in his native country and and their uh, kind of bigger promotion out there. I forget. I think it's called like EFC or something. I might be completely wrong. It might be a different name. Yeah. Uh, Fought in KSW, so he's been in front of massive crowds, and I mean, those KSW crowds get huge, man. I mean, he does have a loss in KSW, and that's in more recent time. But hey, man, he's he's young, he's growing, he's learning. Uh, Trent Giles, you know, he's a guy who's in and out a little bit as well because he's a cop, and he's also doing MMA at the same time. But you got to give the credit to the man because he's been working very hard. I'm going to go Drinkus, man. Uh, obviously, I love seeing these guys from other nations succeed. I don't know a lot, but I mean, hey, man, I'm, I'm down to be entertained. Of course, man. And I'm going to go ahead and go same thing on my end. Trevin Giles, not bad, but I don't know, man. I, I'm a little bit, you know, I'm a little bit hesitant um, to go ahead and pick him. Um, but I am going to go ahead and pick Drikus, man. I think this is a kid that, like I mentioned, he's been in KSW. Those fights do fucking amazing crowds. Um, so he's used to fighting in front of people. He's a former champion there as well. So I'm going to go and take him, coming off a win, a knockout win over Marcus Perez as well in his UC debut. High hopes for this kid. Still only 27. Uh, as far as the rest of the card goes, man, I mean, we got Jennifer Mai, Jessica I on the early, early prelims. Mariak met up Brad Tavares as well. A couple of other fights there as well. Is there anything else you want to say on this card before we go ahead and close out? No, man, I'm, I'm just super excited, man. The prelims are definitely interesting. I mean, we got Brad Tavares back, Jessica I. Uh, just to highlight a few, there's more there. No, uh, no disrespect to people I didn't name. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, man, I mean, it's it, tomorrow night, Josh. I mean, it's it's gonna happen. Uh, I'm so ready. You know, we've already discussed it plenty enough. We finally got our thoughts out there. We finally said what we had to say. Uh, you know, I'm ready to get into this MMA news. Same here, man. We're gonna do some rapid fire news, Angel. Rapid fire. Just give me some. Give me your quick thoughts on each of these subjects. Well, it's about time. Uh, Nick Diaz finally has a return date apparently it's all worked out on the side of nick diaz as well as his opponent apparently it's entirely a ufc thing them figuring out the date um but apparently what they're aiming for is nick diaz versus robbie lawler 2 they're aiming for ufc 266 in september as the co-main event a rematch of a fight that happened 17 years ago um Holy shit, man! As a, as a Nick Diaz and Robbie Lawler fan, I'm I'm instantly hyped. What are your thoughts, man, about this being the fight? Is this the fight to make for Nick's return? Dude, I mean, as far as kind of a name that's still around like that, that that's kind of a legend and somewhat close in age, right? You know, you can only you can only ah. get so close. Uh, I mean, 
dude, who else do you want, right? Honestly. And honestly, Robbie's this is not a bad fight for Robbie. To be I don't think it should be, right? Mm-hmm. I think it's very interesting. Um, just because as you mentioned, both guys are similar in age. They are both similar in mileage. I mean, I think we know what Robbie Lawler kinda is at this point. Um, he has not looked good in his last few fights, not at all, especially not since really the Askren fight, which is over two and a half years ago at this point. Um, Nick is a very unknown quantity. He wanted to fight a big name, and this is about as big as it gets, man. Robbie, I don't think he's in the top 15 anymore, but he I, he still might be. I know he was in the top 15 relatively recently. Um, he shouldn't have been, but he was. Uh, and it's just a good, it's a good fight, in my opinion, to go ahead and gauge where he's at. So... If I were to rate this, like, on a scale of 1 to 10, great fight, 10 out of 10, perfect fight. I mean, like, if, if they weren't going to do, like, a Jorge fight, which made a lot of sense, like, storyline-wise, this was my second most, like, favorite possible, like, decision for them to go ahead and do for a fight for Nick. So, very happy about it. Co-main event makes a lot of sense as well. I don't think it should be, like, a pay-per-view headliner. So, I'm, I'm cool with it, man. Mm-hmm. Um, As far as next fight up, another fight announcement. Kazma Chamayev, man. He's going to be back. UFC 267. This is going to be in October. His opponent, the Leech, Li Jang Lang, ranked at the top 15. Uh, look, man, obviously Cosmat has had an interesting road. Um, obviously, he had such an insane first few fights coming into the UFC, um, winning three fights, only taking one strike, which has to be a record still. Um, you know, fastest turnaround in UFC history, he won. 11 days later, he fought again and won. Just, just an incredible road for him. He got COVID. Supposed to, he was supposed to face Leon Edwards, got COVID, momentarily retired, and he's back, taking on Li Jang Lang. Is this a fight to make for him? I mean, you know, he's he, he kind of put himself in the position where, you know, he's going to fight big fights regardless now. You know what I mean? Big names. I mean, he was going to fight Leon Edwards. I mean, Leon Edwards fought Nick uh, Nick Diaz, right? Or Nate, Nate Diaz, my bad. Nick mm-hmm. Diaz is about to Yeah. He Nate, he fought Nathan Diaz. And uh, that was supposed to be him. That was supposed to be him instead of Nate. Uh, they ended up working out like that. COVID hit him. Had a tough battle with COVID. Now he's put in this position against a guy who's a tough dude. Got a big win over Santiago Ponzinibbio. Granted, though, Santiago Ponzinibbio came back around, beat a good prospect, and is, you know, kind of like, hey, I'm ready to come back. I, I, I think I'm, you know, some stuff, you know, first fight back. Obviously, you know, I'm not, I'm, I wasn't the same at the time. Now I'm, I'm back to my normal self. But... Dude, did you hear he was offered Luke Rockhold? You know, I thought that fight, I saw, I heard he was offered, and I honestly thought it made a lot of sense, but, you know, he said that he wanted to fight at 170, and, you know, he is, because this is going to be his next fight, so it makes sense. Yeah, I think his long-term goal is to fight at 170. I think 185 will be maybe later in his career if it presents himself. I think it's kind of like he can fight between both weight classes, but he'd rather fight at 170, 170's his home. Yeah, no, tough fight. Um... I mean, he's ranked. I mean, that's kind of good. He's not he's not fighting Leon Edwards, who was number three at the time, and or, uh, and it still is now. Now he's fighting number number twelve, which I mean, ranked, good guy has you know guy has some wins and losses mixed in there, but some good ass wins in there as well. Uh, I think it's good matchmaking. Uh, does he deserve it? Does he not? That's up for debate. But he's he's a, he's a star. He has a lot of attention behind him, so. It is what it is at this point, and I mean, I want to see the guy fight. I mean, he has my attention. He has our attention, so mm-hmm. it's a good fight. Yeah, for sure, man. I'm kind of on the same wavelength. I said it on Twitter whenever this fight got made. I was like, this fight is like a fight that should have happened originally for Cosmod because they uh, – look, he clearly has a lot of potential, 
but they were immediately like prone to throw him to the wolves, and I just did not like that. So I mean, I'm glad he's fighting a guy of com- commensurate talent. We're gonna see where he's actually at because the leech is a straight up G, dude. He's a very very underrated. Um, so I'm, I'm glad to see this fight get made. It makes a lot of sense. Next up, man, there's not a fight announcement, but it is a weight change announcement. Cody Garbrandt, former 135-pound champion, just recently lost against Rob Font. He announced he's making the move down to 125, man. This is something that he was originally going to do last year to take on Davis and Figueredo. Obviously, that fight got canceled because he got COVID. Um, at the end of the day, apparently he's going to move down and make the permanent change. He said he's going all in on it. What are your thoughts about Cody officially moving down to 125? I mean, he was supposed to fight Davison for the title uh, at the time without even fighting at 125 before. I'm curious to see how it goes for him. Uh, he said he felt comfortable making the weight cut, going down on that weight. Uh, I mean, he's been champ before at a different weight class. I mean, if he can do it at 125, I mean, that'd be impressive. I mean, if his power and his chin and everything carries down well, I mean, I don't know why not. But, uh, I mean, it's... I mean, I guess he felt like this was the proper change. Uh, I mean, it's for some guys, it's good. A lot of the times, it's guys moving up, moving rather than down, and they're more successful. So, I guess we'll see how it goes for him moving down instead of up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, and I'm I'm way more interested in this move, especially considering in the Rob Font fight, man. I mean, it's not why he lost, but I thought he looked a lot smaller. Oh yeah, um, I thought the same and, thing. And he also probably lost for for what it was worth. I'm sure he lost weight during COVID too. I know it hit him really really hard, so that could be it too. Um, but yeah, man, I mean, even, even back like years ago, whenever California was first doing the thing where like they released weights uh, for all the fighters, he weighed less than, because obviously he was the main event that night against TJ. He weighed less than both TJ, who has fought a flyweight, DJ, who did fight a flyweight that night, and Henry, who fought a flyweight that night. He was the lightest dude of those four. He weighed in at 140. The other ones weighed in anywhere from like, I think TJ may have been like 147 or something. Um, and then like DJ and Henry were both in like the early 140s. So he was the lightest dude. And that was years ago. And I'm sure he's lost weight since then. So very interesting. I like the move, though, for him to go and move that down. I, I like it a lot. This one is kind of a funny story. Um, <laughs> that's the only reason I included it. Uh, former guest of the courtside, friend of the show. My Mike the Truth Jackson, who we had a fun conversation with earlier this year, uh, before he was supposed to fight Dean Barry. That fight has been postponed indefinitely due to, I guess, visa issues on Dean's part. Um, Angel, this is the first. So three years after he fought, more than three years actually, after he fought CM Punk. Thirty-seven months later, the fight has officially been overturned. Due to friend of the show, Mike Jackson, testing positive for the cannabis. CM Punk is now 0-1-1 as an MMA fighter. Uh, what is your instant reaction to probably the weirdest and honestly, if I'm being completely honest, kind of fucking hilarious story of the year? <laughs> it was extremely random. I mean, very <laughs> fucking random. Yeah, man. I mean, I've personally never seen anything like this. Like, I cover the sport. Like, I, we, I mean, we both cover the sport because obviously you're on the podcast. But, like, I, I write for a living. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, it's – and I've never seen anything like this. Never. Um, now, apparently I did I – I found out a little bit more information. Apparently the fight was overturned three months later. But they just – the commission – and I guess Mike was like, I expected them to say something, and they never did. 
So, it, I mean, and then I guess somebody tipped off MMA Junkie, and then they put in a request, and I guess they found out it was official. And it's funny, because I remember, like, months ago, whenever we were interviewing him, I remember looking at the UFC website, and the UFC website had it as a, a no contest. And I remember thinking, oh, that's weird. And then, and then I just went about my day. And I guess we could have broke the story months ago, but we fucked up, Angel. I, I, I didn't ask. You know, that would have been a good question looking back, you know, I don't know, Josh, just saying. I know, man. I, I'm not perfect. I'm not perfect. God, you fucking um, No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> You're right, though. Um, but as far as that goes, man, that is our rapid-fire uh, news thoughts, just some of the, the information that's come out over the last week. And before we get into our final topic of the show, the NBA Finals, I'll touch you guys about a fun little app called Monkey Night Fight. Monkey Knife Fight is a daily fantasy sports gaming website for the casual sports fan that is simple, fun, and easy to play. It's easy to determine which superstars competing in the day's professional sporting events to record more or less than the contest line provided. Monkey Knife Fight's daily fantasy prop games play similar to salary cap daily fantasy sports games with the algorithms, lines, most importantly, sharks. There are several contests to choose from, none of which require hours of research required on competing websites. Start with a simple 2 for 2 or go for the highest payout up to 100 times and higher by selecting an 8 for 8 more or less contest. It started now with a 100% instant match bonus up to $50 code promo code courtside. A lot going on this weekend. NBA Finals, the UFC. I mean, it's the biggest card of the year. Throw some money down. Use code courtside. And uh, look, man, last topic of the show. How you feeling, man? It's the NBA Finals. I mean, like we said it, Suns, they ended up taking on the Bucks. They're up 2-0 right now. What are your thoughts, man? My body is prepared, Josh, to celebrate. You're, you're, I mean, do you think it's done in four? Do you think Suns and four? Do you think it's gonna happen? I mean, I hope it does, man. You know, I, you know, I'll be humble and say, I'll say five. You know, I'll be humble and say five. <laughs> uh, you know, obviously, you know, I, I do want it to be four. You know, in their house too. But you know, if it was in five, they come back. So that's why I think it'd be cool. Oh, so that's why you're going five. It's not because you want to be humble. It's because you want to see him celebrate on the home home court. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to see him celebrate on the home court. So it's kind of selfish in reality. So I apologize to absolutely fucking no one. <laughs> absolutely no one um yeah man i'm sure you're feeling good i'm very happy for you don't want to count your eggs before they hatch just yet but things are looking very good i mean this yeah is the they Bucks. are looking very good that, that last game was hard I'll, I'll be honest but you know something we that's nothing's easy in life yeah and look man whenever it's like you know you in that fight it was a tough fight tough fight fuck i'm thinking in mma terms it was a tough game um man but we still, fought I, for it though josh we fought for it man yeah i'm just using the wrong term so um i mean it was a fight but um yeah it was a tough game but you guys still won by 10 like and you were winning for the vast majority of that game like it wasn't like you know what, I, you know what i'm trying to say like they had the best possible performance they could have gotten out of Giannis, and they still lost by double digits that's a really bad sign dude but um, look, it is what it is as far as that series goes and as far as the show goes. You got anything else before you want to go ahead and close out? No, man, I'm just excited. I mean, I, I just sent you a picture on Instagram that, that was posted by ESPN showing, like, everything going on this weekend in the world of sports, tennis, soccer, basketball, WNBA, uh, baseball, and MMA, man. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a filled week, man. Uh, NBA Finals, 2021 ESPYs, Home Run Derby, UA. UEFA Euro 2020 Finals, WNBA season continues, Wimbledon Championship, and UFC 264. I mean, it's it's a packed week, man. Sports is uh, popping off now that we're back. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the world isn't fully normal. Uh, there's still a lot of countries that are still going through a lot with COVID and are being affected. Uh, 
a lot and uh, obviously we are blessed to be here and uh i mean dude i mean the uh, covid fucked up a lot of people's lives it fucked up our lives a little bit but hey man we stuck through it we still made episodes mma came back we're on top of the world right now the show is killing it and uh you know we're excited to come back next week and tell you guys what happened because obviously there's a lot on the line here there's a lot of stuff going on and there's we have a lot to discuss for sure, man. I mean, I think you just went and laid it out pretty well. Um, there's a lot going on this weekend. Very, very excited. Um, I'm very, very hyped, especially for UFC more than anything else, man. Like, I'm, I'm ready to go. I'm fucking hyped. Um, yeah, man, I hope you guys enjoy the show as always. I know you've been getting a bump on YouTube recently. Um, I've noticed that, and I appreciate it, and I appreciate everybody who's always supported the show. It's a very big week for us, and uh, yeah, man, I hope you guys enjoy this episode as always. I'm at Josh Devinoff on Twitter. He's at Angel Ortega underscore 01, at Sound one on Twitter. That's all we got. Peace and butt grease. Mouth click. <laughs>